We often think back to life as it once was, yet we understand that it will never be the same. Each and every one of us and Ukraine itself is transforming now. Many things that once upset us now seem trivial. This is UA, the day that we survived. Ukrainian journalists have come together to create it with real people who record themselves and send us their stories. This episode is about people who took up arms after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, although they didn't have any combat experience and never served in the army before. The heroes of today's episode are mostly humanities graduates who never thought that they would fight. Ukraine is now under martial law and general mobilization has been declared. Reservists, people who have combat experience and have served in the army earlier, are taken to the army first. Today we have the stories of those who went to war voluntarily during the first days of war. Meet Andrew. Before the war, he worked in a bookstore in the center of Kyiv. He read a lot, traveled and played sports. Now he is a part of the armed forces of Ukraine. My name is Andriy. I used to work in the old line publishing house as the director of a bookstore cafe in Kyiv and the coordinator of the Kyiv regional office. I read books and drank coffee. Did I expect Russia to start the war? It's hard to say. I remember how I wanted to pack an emergency backpack, but never found the time for it. In the last week before the war, I bought gas cans, an axe, I don't know why, and dried food. And somewhere around the 21st, I bought a tent, a mat, an extra change of clothes, stocked up on food, gathered documents. All of this was packed in the middle of the room. On Friday, the week before the war started, I walked into the Kyiv Territorial Defense Office. They had a short day on Friday, so I came on Monday. On Monday, they registered me and said I had to report in at my place of residence. In my case, that's Obolon, but I didn't have time to get there. We had to take inventory at work, we had to count books and so on. So on Wednesday, February 23rd, we were busy counting books. Russia started the war back in 2014, but for them to start a full-scale war, it was anticipated but still seemed like a bluff. Even though American intelligence pointed at late February, and then Biden indicated a 48-hour time frame, our politicians acted like nothing was going to happen. It was an ambiguous and weird situation. On the first day, I woke up at 10 to 6, didn't know about anything, and then logged into Messenger and saw a message from a friend with just one word in it. Awake? And I knew something had happened. 
що щось сталося. От просто з цього одного слова. Ну, далі я зайшов. I opened Telegram and everything after that was a blur. Перетнули кордон. The border with Crimea crossed. Sumy, planes, air raids. Then I heard explosions and the windows started trembling. Потім я почув вибухи. I ran to the window and saw a glow in the direction of Bravari. There was no panic, but there was a certain confusion. I wasn't sure what to do, where to run. I woke up my girlfriend and informed my bosses that the war had started. I even managed to get to work and unplug and hide the computers. I drove my girlfriend to her parents, then I came home, took my backpack with documents and a minimum of clothes, and went to the enlistment office. It wasn't much of a decision, rather an understanding that I didn't have much of a choice, that I had to go to the enlistment office and defend the country, my friends and family, my people, my cities. I hadn't served as a conscript, in peacetime I wasn't eligible for military service. But I thought that in the present moment everyone had their place, especially if aggression is declared against all of Ukraine. The question is, either we'll live or they'll kill us all. That's their way of solving the Ukrainian question. So what's there to think about? People close to me worry, especially my parents and relatives. They often ask how I am, whether I'm alive. Well, I'm still alive on the 26th day of war. On the other hand, I'm not in the active combat zone. They ended up registering me as a volunteer in the armed forces of Ukraine. From that moment, I didn't have much of a choice about what to do, how and where to go. Everything is decided by the commanders, and I am where I should be, where I'm directed, and I'm doing what I'm told. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I haven't seen an enemy yet, but I think there's enough for everybody. My emotions are on a very wide spectrum. On the one hand, I'm very sorry and very hurt for what they're doing to civilians. They destroy, plunder, and kill everyone on their way. Ну, не кажучи вже про, там, про військових. 
просто людей, які стоять в черзі, просто людей, які намагаються вийти. Just people standing in line or trying to escape through the so-called green corridors that they shell. Just people who want to get humanitarian aid because they have nothing to live on. Who are fleeing from the war, hiding in bomb shelters. On the other hand, I feel an enormous hatred for the enemy. It's something inhuman and has no shades. Of course it's Putin's fault, but it's not him dropping bombs on hospitals and schools. It's not him pressing buttons on missile complexes. He doesn't install mines, and every one of those people is a tiny shard of this crazy maniac Putin, and this is really important to know. Nobody knows how those people would live in this world after, and how we would live next to the country where almost everyone wants us to disappear and die. They want to rob us, annihilate us, destroy our cities, burn and turn everything to ashes. So far, I haven't learned very much here. How to shoot, how to use an assault rifle and a machine gun and a grenade launcher. I haven't fired any of those yet, but they told us how to do it. Also, I learned how to disassemble and clean an assault rifle, how to disassemble a machine gun. We've dug a lot and we dig a lot. I haven't dug this much in my entire life. Right now I'm tasked with food provision. My job is for everyone to be fed and to have enough strength to keep digging. The war in Ukraine will have been going on for a month in a couple of days. The Russian occupiers managed to loot and destroy the newest central analytical laboratory in Chernobyl, worth 6 million euros, according to the State Agency of Ukraine for Exclusion Zone Management. In another part of Ukraine, the enemy is handing out propaganda leaflets to residents of the occupied villages in Chernihiv region, claiming that they are not fighting a civilian population, but a second peace between Russians and Ukrainians. At the same time, Chernihiv mayor Vladislav Atroshenko says there is no water, light or gas in some households. Every day 40 people who die from daily shaling are buried here. On the 23rd of March, the Russians blew up a bridge over the Desna river. It was a bridge connecting the city with Kiev. Several more cities have been occupied by Russians. Mariupol is still under siege. Tens of thousands of citizens are still trapped there without food, heat and light. Thousands of people search for their relatives every day. Russian invaders destroyed the building of the Arhipkoinji Art Museum in Mariupol, where the original paintings of world-famous masters were kept. 
This is what Victor, who worked as a psychologist during peacetime, says about his service. Well, there's nothing special to tell. I was born in Mykolaiv. In 2002, I entered the university and moved to Kyiv. I've been living there since. In 2008, or even earlier, I started working as a psychologist. At first, I worked with children of different categories. In 2015, I began working in various international organizations in Eastern Ukraine as a psychologist. There are Doctors Without Borders in Mariupol in 2015 and the International Committee of the Red Cross from 2016 to March 2018. Then I returned to Kyiv. I also work in the NGO as social worker, then returned to the Red Cross Committee in Kyiv. Last October I got a job in another organization, also as a psychologist. I am married and have a daughter who turned two on March 9 this year. Yes, I expected the war to happen. That's why I evacuated my family to the west of Ukraine to Truskavet in advance. I rented the hotel room from February 16 to February 28. We plan to go there one day in the future. It's better to be there in summer, but because of this situation we decided to go immediately. Then, I joined them on February 21. I hope to spend a week with my family and return to Kiev together, but on the morning of the 24th, I woke up and my wife said that the Russians had already started bombing Ukrainian cities. It is interesting that just before this, I held a session on psychosocial security at work and we talked about the issue of readiness for different events. I will not go into details and just mention that when I made the presentation, as usually, I put the date there. I wrote February 23, 2022. I look at the date and it reminds me a diary, the first chapter. The first day, of course, everyone was just scrolling through the news, waiting in the situation to escalate. Everyone was stressed. We went for a walk, so I noticed that people around were staring at their phones, discussing news that came every 10 minutes. Anxiety was everywhere. People talk about gasoline, about food. Everyone called someone. Martial law was declared alone with the law of mobilization. At that time, I had already returned to Kiev. I left my wife and a child in Truskavets. On February 26, I had a train ticket to Kiev. So on the morning on the 27th, I arrived. 
комендантська година була введена і потім This was the first day of an extended curfew. On the 27th I went to the military registration and enlistment office to register there. I have no military experience. I did not serve in the army because I received a deferment as a teacher since I worked as a psychologist at the boarding school for children with mental disabilities in the past. But I still I had to react somehow. I knew the military registration enlistment office was unlikely to take me, but I had to do it. It was my duty as a citizen. In the end, I was not even allowed to enter my district military registration and enlistment office. They told me to join the territorial defense, but they were not recruited at that time either. So I started looking for volunteer projects that I could join as a psychologist. I completed the questionnaire on the website of the Kyiv City State Administration. I tried to find it through colleagues, but there were no places anywhere. When in 2014 everything happened in the East, usually local activities were more involved and the scope of war was smaller than now. Since it's a full-scale invasion, there are a lot more people ready to volunteer. It's natural. I didn't find anything, but I kept looking, working remotely at my current job. Then, my mother-in-law joined my wife and daughter. They had to find a more permanent place to live instead of the hotel. There was an option to go to Poland for them and stay with friends that they were ready to host them. They had to get to Lviv first. They arrived in Lviv where a friend of mine met them and provided a temporary place. But they all got sick, a child, a wife and a mother-in-law. They were no longer able to go anywhere. I got on a train and came to Lviv. I found an apartment. We settled down. It was Saturday. On Sunday we moved to an apartment. And on Monday I went to the military registration and enlistment office in Lviv. I was registered there and got mobilized in a day. I had to take the child to the hospital, so I asked for one extra day. On that day, I came with my belongings. People gathered at the military registration and enlistment office. We were taken by bus to the military base, where we start our service in the armed force of Ukraine. This is how Victor's family responded to his decision. Relatives took it with understanding. There were no tantrums or worries. It was natural. I was even amazed that everything was clear to everyone and even to myself. There were no hesitations because I was not a job choice. It was my way. And it could have happened that they wouldn't have taken me at all. They could have said, go back, have a rest, you will be in reserve or do something else. But no, it happened as it happened, and so this is also something very natural. I'm here for just four days, there is not much training here. At the moment we are focused more organization things. There are a lot of people and we face some logistical issues. It takes time to resolve some of those problems, but somehow we are getting used to military routines.
What emotions do I have? I don't know. Various, various emotions. It's hard to describe now because every day is new. I can't even say whether I like or dislike something because it's not what I'm used to. And it's such a significant change in my lifestyle. Well, there are no strong emotions. I trust the process. It will be as it will be. In fact, it is very hard. Everyone is trying to predict, is asking each other what will happen next, where we will go, how long we will be there. I'm trying to, to be in this uncertainty for a while, and somehow I'm sure that everything will be solved. And for some reason, I think that's just the way it should be. Let's see. About 44% of Ukrainians were forced to leave their families because of the war. About 10 million left their homes behind and fled to other regions of the country or abroad. Mykola also evacuated his relatives and joined the armed forces of Ukraine. Good afternoon. My name is Mykola Belenko. Before the war, I worked as an archaeologist. Lately, I've worked as a manager for stores that distribute outdoor equipment. I thought the war might begin, but I didn't really believe it, so it was a shock to me. When it all started on the 24th of February, the explosions woke me up. My mother called me. She said the war had begun. It was a surprise for me. Well, why? You can't prepare for war. Initially, I decided to take my ex-wife and child to a safe place so that I wouldn't have to worry for them. I did so. It took me the first four days. After that, I immediately went to the enlistment office. At first, I tried to enroll in the Territorial Defense Forces, but it was already difficult to get in, so I made the decision to join the armed forces. A few days ago, I was mobilized. Relatives took it calmly with understanding, and they support me in everything. Lately, I've learned to, you could say, survive at war, to stay calm and to keep a cool head to succeed. In Trostanets, Sumer region, the Russian occupiers shot a woman who was just riding a bicycle, as reported by Dmitry Zhavitsky, head of the Sumer Regional Military Administration. According to him, the Russians do not give any opportunity to bury the dead civilians. There is a big problem regarding the storage of bodies in the morgue. Women gave birth at home because there is no way to get to the hospital. The hospital was repeatedly shelled, Zhavitsky said. British defense intelligence claimed that Russia will probably employ even more violent methods against peaceful Ukrainian civilians in the temporarily occupied settlements. After all, Russia's attempts to suppress the population by manipulating the media, spreading propaganda and establishing puppet pro-Kremlin leaders have failed so far. At the same time, we see how the occupiers have already used violent measures to suppress the resistance in Brdyansk. On the 12th of March, they started beating and detaining people who attended a peaceful protest. 
In Kherson, on the 21st of March, the Russians tried to disperse the protesters with shootings and light and noise grenades. On the 23rd of March, they used tear gas against people. Russia's brutality and audacity towards the civilian population is prompting more and more men and women to take up arms and join the armed forces and the defense forces of Ukraine. Vladimir comes from the cave region. Before the war, he worked in the museum. Before the war, I used to work in a museum. I was a senior researcher, historian, archaeologist. It happened that I have had certain expectations and ideas about a full-scale war since adolescence when I read about what was happening in Karabakh, Ossetia, Transnistria. And in fact, in all the hot spots that Russia created during the 90s. At about the age of 18, I read Politkovskaya book about the Second Chechen War, and I realized that we had such a repulsive neighbor. In 2014, I understood that the war would not be confined to Eastern Ukraine. After Ilovaisk, I realized that the war would last for a long time, and sooner or later there would be a full-scale invasion. The first day I woke up to the sound of explosions and saw the message telling that it started. My crony wrote that he was evacuating his family and coming back to the war. The first day was the most stressful. It took an hour to pull myself together and start doing something. The decision to fight had been made even early. There had been some understanding a few years before. I prepared a small supply of equipment and medicine. Also, I immediately gave it to the units where it was most needed. I did not serve in the army, but I attended territorial defense training several times. I took the oath, I hadn't other choice, so I joined my unit. My family took it easy, at least they try not to tell me every day how scared they are. They are smart adults and have treated my decision as a duty. Many friends of mine also serve, so they do not question to me. About emotions, there a big anger, because on the one hand I know how Russia is at war, first of all it destroys the civilian population. 
воює Російська Федерація і що це хоче. But there it's still wild anger and hatred and understanding that what Russia is doing is irrational. Ненависті і просто розуміння того, що те, що робить Росія, це абсолютно ірраціонально в всіх сенсах і This is probably one of the most senseless wars, and it breeds real hatred. Russia's political goals itself is not even worth a single death. However, there have already been many of them. We don't know how long the full-scale military invasion will be going on, but we do know for sure that Ukraine will have a happy future, and each of us is investing in it today. Some protect the country from invaders with weapons. Some go to work, pay taxes and send money to the army. The government is carrying out reforms. The world is helping to rebuild the country. We are planning vacations in Mariupol, Chernihiv and Odessa, returning back to Kharkiv and walking through the streets of a peaceful capital. This is our home. It belongs to us and us only.